Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to find out about the radio programming that we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for all the programming information on the Exxon TV channel that's exclusive to Simul TV, visit www.simultv.net. And tonight, the radio part is coming to you on Exxon Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Mutual Broadcast Network, and of course, iHeart. Not to mention Simul Radio and Simul TV. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Dr. David Gruder, a good friend of the Exxon. I've had the pleasure of speaking to David over the past many years. And it's always informative, enlightening, and motivational. He is a great speaker. He is going to, um, well, let me, let me just put it to you this way. He's known as the integrity doctor. Now, what does that tell you about anybody, right? Integrity is a big word, but it's seldom used in today's genre because integrity has gone out the window in most cases. But Dr. Gruder is with us this hour. He is an 11 award-winning leader and cultural psychologist whose impact mission is to making integrity profitable, leaders effective, Collaboration Productive, Happiness Sustainable, and Cultures Hath Healthy. Uh, he is currently the president of Integrity Culture Systems, the executive director of the California Institute for Human Science Center for Integral Leadership, and an advisor at uh, Wayfinder. Hmm, cute. With the uh, Syn- Synervision Leadership Foundation, Lucas Dollars Advisor, on Global Culture, a senior mentor with the CEO Space International, a senior certification trainer with the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, and a certified ritual elder with the Mankind Project. His next online course is The Integrity Guide to Having It All, how, how to put your genius where your dreams are. But he's also got something new that just came today, and we're going to ask David about that in a second. So joining me now is my good friend. The one and only Dr. David Gruder himself. David, always great having you with us, my buddy. Oh, what a pleasure to be back with you as always, Rob. Hey, first of all, congratulations on your new appointment. Uh, I got this in the uh, in the messenger earlier today, Exonation. For your information, I was just appointed executive director of the CIHS Center for Integral Leadership, www.centerforintegral.com. 
leadership.org. CIHS is the 26-year-old nonprofit California Institute for Human Science. They award master's and doctoral degrees and are now expanding into offering non-degree certifications uh, uh, programs like, uh, like the CIL. Wow. You never stop. Where do you get the energy? I want some. <laughs> You want some. I yeah. think I need some from you. Oh. You're the one without with this boundless energy, too. We're both on mission, Rob. That's we, the that's the bottom line. We're both motivated in a deep, deep cellular way to make a positive difference in this world. And that's what it's all about, making a positive difference. You know, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And in today's society, there are way too many people who would say, you know what? That's not my problem. Let them solve it themselves. And, and there's no there's no room in my world for that kind of attitude. And, you know, I, I, I know you and I know that you're a, a go to it, get it done person who who makes a difference in lives each and every day. Um, you and I were talking earlier today off air about the media and the negativity that is out there, David, you know, uh, CNN. I used to enjoy watching CNN. They used to be what I consider to be a classy news outfit, but now it, it's turned into a let's trash the president channel. And I don't know what they'd be doing if President Trump wasn't in power. Uh, you know, and then you've got everybody who's got a webcam thinks that they can produce shows, put them on the different social medias, and they think they're funny and actually they're being very stupid. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't get it, David. What effect is this having on those people who watch this crap and, and take it for legitimate news reporting? Well, we, we actually know what effect this is having on, on people who mistake this crap for genuine news reporting. Mm -hmm. They're getting propagandized. They're getting brainwashed. And that is uh, the dynamic. The bigger dynamic is what I've I've come to call a uh, the hidden war in our society right now, which is the dueling hyper-partisan war. It, it, David, since, uh, since the advent of social media and uh, networks like Facebook, YouTube, um, what are some of the other ones, Craig? Uh, MySpace. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. How have you as a psychologist seen the effect on society? Well, yeah, that's a, a great question. It's really a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. I've seen some people utilize social networks right. for having positive impact and for making a really good difference in the world and also for finding the right customers for the things they're selling. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen it massively abused at the other side to uh, to manipulate people into supporting uh, candidates and causes and products and services while thinking they're doing that out of their own free will. Exactly. Exactly. There is only one social media network that I truly like, and that's LinkedIn. I mm -hmm. find that the people who are on LinkedIn, they want to network for the right reasons. So to anybody who's listening today who has anything to do with LinkedIn at the highest levels, thank you very much for the great work that you do. Yes, um, I echo that. Yeah. LinkedIn is really the business-to-business -business social mm -hmm. network. And uh, because of that, it's attracting people who have uh, a more uh, a more comprehensive mindset, let's say. 
Um, I asked a question to a, a group of broadcasters a couple of months ago, and we were talking about the old subliminal uh, advertising that was happening on television and, and in movie theaters. And I said, is it possible that the same thing is happening on the Internet? And they said, oh, come on, Rob. You, you know, you're doing your conspiracy stuff way too long when you think about that. To make a long story short, it's happening. Yes, it is. It's happening. It's, they are embedding messages in such a high rate that you do not consciously rec recognize the message, but subconsciously is getting picked up. There's the combination of that and then the basic rule of Propaganda 101, which is repeat a lie often enough mm -hmm. and it gets to be re-perceived as the truth. Yeah. So how can people protect themselves from the misinformation on social networking and media sites? Right. Well, the first step, Rob, is a common sense step, and yet it's so often overlooked. Mm -hmm. which is to truly accept that by and large, when we're on social media or when we're le listening to the mainstream media or ideologically um, addicted non-mainstream media, what we are hearing that poses as fact is usually spin. Until we make peace with that, we're sunk. So that's step one. What's step two? Step two is to become a better fact checker. Now, fact checking is a fairly complicated thing, at mm -hmm. least on the surface in today's world, because we have this, uh, this very interesting notion called alternate facts, which is something you, let's, let's put a bookmark on that in this show. Let's talk about okay. this notion of alternate facts. Uh, but because of that, what we really need to understand is that when we see something that's posing as a fact, we need to understand the context in which a statement is made or a statistic is cited, not just out of context. And we have to understand the agenda of the person making the statement. Two good points. Is there number three? The third is to really elevate our own critical thinking skills not critical thinking as in being critical or criticizing, mm -hmm. but critical thinking in terms of our capacity for discernment, where we understand that there is such a principle as the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So that what we're seeking isn't just little truth factoids, but we're seeking to assemble a picture among factoids that creates a truth that is whole and complete and nothing but truth. All right, Exonation Dr. Gruder is my very special guest. His website is www.drgruder.com. And the good doctor and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Nope, the news is in the next segment, just this commercial break, as we continue hearing the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
Welcome back, everyone. Dr. David Gruder is my very special guest. www.drgruder.com is his website. And David, before we were talking about how people can uh, protect themselves from the trash on social media sites, on uh, you know, on in mainstream media, off-stream media, and so on. And you said, let's bookmark alternative facts. What mm-hmm. are they? So this was a term that was first used early on in the uh, Trump administration by mm-hmm. uh, by some of the folks in in the administration, right. and it it really was met with a huge amount of criticism. And I originally recoiled against this notion of alternative facts because it's like, wait a minute, there are facts and then there are non facts. Right. The more I sat with it, the more I realized that. There is a a hidden wisdom in that terminology, because if I cherry pick facts Mm -hmm. where I'm including or I'm speaking about some facts related to a complete picture and conveniently omitting other facts, the picture that I'm painting is an incomplete picture based on uh, at best based on actual facts but it's incomplete and it's distorted because it's not all of the facts. And so we can get into these hyper-partisan wars where one group is cherry-picking one set of facts Mm -hmm. in order to try to prove their point, and the other group is cherry-picking a set of alternative facts to try to make their case, and then they're going to war against each other. You know, what you've just described, in my opinion, is the House of Congress and and the Senate. Because you see this on both sides of the aisle, indeed. And and in my opinion, I'm I'm not an American. I you know like I love America. I love the United States. And I love Canada. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, some of my best friends are Americans, like you are. It's <laughs> it's. What is this doing to the country? Oh, it's tearing the country apart. It is dividing families against each other, couples against each Mm -hmm. other, communities against each other, parts, one part of the country against another part of the country, one party against another party, not where we're having substantive disagreements about policies to implement, but where we're actually, uh, not we, uh, not you and I, but collectively our society is engaging in character assassination and in hatred toward each other. You know, we've, We've basically said as a society that it's it's not okay to hate ethnic groups. It's not okay to hate religions. It's not okay to hate um, one gender over another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the one place that we have said it's still okay to do raging hate toward each other is political hatred. Yeah. I, I do not know what your political stand is when it comes to the current administration. Mm-hmm. I'll share it. But the way that I see it, I would rather, like, our prime minister, he's a flake. And I'm being very generous when I call Justin Trudeau a flake. <laughs> he's surrounded by multiple idiots. Mm-hmm. And when I look, you know, he they say one thing but do another. They say one thing and do another. They say one thing and do another. You know, we've got cities fighting with each other about, we're not going to take any more immigrants. We're, we're, we're full. And then when I see what's happening in the United States, like I, we've got the provincial government fighting with the federal government because the provincial governor says, hey, they crossed the border illegal, illegally. They're illegals. 
the government mm-hmm. says, the federal government says, no, 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 they're asylum seekers. And the provincial government is saying, no, you cannot change the law's wording to suit your own political uh, ma- you know, mandate. Because what they're trying to do is they feel, okay, we'll open the doors, we'll get all these immigrants, and they'll realize that it was the liberal government who did all this for them. So when the next election comes, the liberals get back in. Okay, that's politics. However, <laughs> however, yeah. when I watch what is happening in the United States, whether you whether you are like President Trump, whether you dislike President Trump, whether you like what he's doing, whether you don't like what he's doing, as an outsider, what I see, he's doing what he said he would do. And when it comes to Russia, North Korea, many presidents in the past have said they wanted to do that, but they didn't. All of a sudden, you've got somebody who's doing what he said he was going to do. He won the election based on that. He's doing what his political promises were in the election, and he's being hated for it. I don't understand it. I really have a hard time understanding it. I thought I had a pretty good handle on politics at one time, but now it's like, you know, hey, I'm the UFO guy. That's me. Leave me out of politics. (laughs) safer that way <laughs> um well we need to start a new political party the et party right there you go everybody <laughs> trusts <laughs> that's right uh so uh, and and i don't mean to be laughing at i mean i don't mean to be making light of, sure. of this really serious situation and a little levity goes a long way at the same time it does uh so yeah what what in the bigger picture i think what americans tend to have is a very short memory. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that when Trump came into the presidency, when it was clear before then that he he had been elected and he was going to become president, there was a massive movement of people that that started to gather momentum Mm -hmm. and their whole agenda was to undermine anything and everything that he said stood for, advocated, etc. And so that's that's in memory. I mean, that's yes. going on right now. Yep. But what's in uh, what's out of our short term memory is that when Obama was elected, mm-hmm. there was a group of people who were just as 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 adamantly devoted to doing that very same thing with him. So what we've got is not simply limited to uh, you know, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. Mm-hmm. It's really something even deeper and more evil and more venomous, which is this notion that if you don't think like I do, I am going to do everything to undermine everything you do, regardless of whether it's useful, helpful, neutral, or yeah. toxic. Um, when I look at President Trump, I can see history repeating itself as far as the type of man that President Trump is, he reminds me a lot of JFK. JFK wasn't a, you know, he, he had his own agenda. He was going in there to clean up Washington and President Trump is there to clean out the swamp and JFK wasn't liked. He was going to disband the CIA. He didn't like the war that was brewing in, in Vietnam and he was going against the establishment. And what happened to JFK? 
Another thing that people exactly another thing that people forget about JFK and other presidents is that they also had sexual indiscretions. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you, does anybody remember JFK with Happy Marilyn Birthday to exactly mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson was known for his for yep. his uh, sexual agenda, yes. and yet. Everybody is pounding on President Trump. It's like the guy can't do anything right. Yesterday during the Senate hearings or the congressional hearing with Mike Pompey, Pompeo, mm -hmm. they're, they're talking to uh, the, the Secretary of State and they're questioning him. And, you know, the, the Republicans are asking or are congratulating him, thanking him for his service. The Democrats are doing their very best to try and crucify him. I think I heard uh, Republicans say, move over, Jesus, uh, Pompeo's coming over. But, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, uh, one of the, um, one of the uh, Republican senators said, and oh, by the way, this was just tweeted that President Trump and the president of the European Union are working together on getting things to a point that has never been gotten to in the history of the United States and the European Union. Right. Wow. So, uh, you know, here's here's what we've got in our country, in the United States right now. Yeah. We have these people who, like you're talking about, are going to say everything bad uh, that about anything Trump says or does, and they're going to make um, mountains out of molehills right. and things like that. And then we have the other group that is the, they're called the, the, I think they're called the never Trumpers. And then we have the other group who are the always Trumpers. And there's no such thing as, uh, as a human being who might make a mistake or might, uh, might be disagreed with in a civil way. Everything he does is like he walks on water. So we have these, these extreme um, positions, right. and that's why I call this a dueling hyperpartisan war. It's what CNN did, Rob, when when um, the, when Fox and Breitbart really started to make a a really significant dent in the uh, in media attention and in viewership mm -hmm. uh, on with a right leaning agenda. What CNN did was abandon journalism, yep. and they decided that they were going to do the equal and opposite insanity to the, the the hard right. So now the hard right and the hard left are in war against each other, with the American people in the middle throwing their hands up, going, "Well, what do we do? What do we believe? This is insane. We might as well just believe who we think we should believe, and we'll just believe them unconditionally," which is really dangerous. David, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our break at the bottom of the hour with the news i'm being reminded say the news rob as uh, we continue here in the exome with my very good friend dr david gruder his website is www you got the pencils and paper ready exome nation because here it comes drgruder.com the good doctor and i will return on the other side of this break don't go away and by the way i know how president trump walks on water it's very simple he knows where the stones are we'll be back don't go away
You know, Oxone Nation, uh, we've been talking with our, our good friend, Dr. David Gruder, about many topics. We're talking to David about the, the, uh, the real media, the fake news, social networking. We got to talking about President Trump and how the media is, uh, is working both sides of the, of the uh, aisle, not only politically, but when it comes to the reporting of the news. And as a journalist and broadcaster myself, I was always taught that as a, your, your duty and your obligation is to report the news, not to include your personal bias in it. You're to walk that fence because putting your personal bias into a story may lead people to a decision they would not have made on their own. And that is not my place as a broadcaster. It is not my place as a journalist. Yes, I know I get ticked off at people and I tell them basically on air because whatever I've said to them off air, I always say on air to them. If I think they're full of crap, mm-hmm. well, I just tell them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's the way it should be in life. Mean what you say and say what you mean. And if you're not that's part of the solution, you're part of the problem. That's part of integrity. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, to President Trump and, and his integrity, I, I think that, that he hasn't lied. You know, he, when you, look, he said he was going to increase jobs. He's done it. He said he was going to bring companies back to the United States. He's done it. If he has to put sanctions on other countries who have been uh, not paying their dues like they're supposed to, yes, even including Canada, if we owe the president, if we owe the United States money, we should damn well pay for it. Because if you don't pay the Canadian government any taxes, they seize your bank accounts. You know, so tit for tat, right? Uh, and in my opinion, David, politicians are politicians. And you can always tell when a politician is lying because their mouth is moving. But <laughs> a country is, is a business. Mm-hmm. No matter how you look at it, a country is a business. And when I heard Donald Trump, a businessman, a, w- a successful businessman, you know, every business has has ups and downs. And uh, there are many businesses that are heralded as the top 500 who have had bankruptcies in their past, just like President Trump has. Doesn't mean they're a bad business person. Yes, people get hurt, but it's not done on purpose, I don't think. And I may be corrected on that by somebody. <laughs> but as a business person, he's taken the the horns of Washington. And this is how he is draining the the swamp. He's saying, no, this is not how a business is run. This is how a business is run. And he's running it as a business. If you don't fit into his board of directors, you're gone. That's it. Next. And people are criticizing him for this. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion? Yeah, they're, they're criticizing him for that. Uh, Let let me, let's parse that. Okay. So they're, uh, there are those who are criticizing him for being a business person mm-hmm. uh, because they don't understand that what what you rightly just said, a government is a business, a government needs to function like a business, a government needs to know how to make decisions and run in a streamlined way like an effective business. Exactly. And then there are people who are upset because of his business philosophy which is an ends justifies the means philosophy so that when you, for example, say that that Trump doesn't lie, 
he hasn't lied about his promises, the promises that he made during the campaign. The vast majority of those promises seem to me to be ones that he is in alignment with following through on. Right. Where he lies virtually every week is about things he calls facts that aren't. Yeah. But so where, where he's, is he? He's this mixed bag. But where is he getting the information from? Is he getting the information from his advisors? And is he not doing due diligence by fact-checking himself? And could this correct. be the biggest he example? Right. He's not fact-checking. And he, uh, he actually does one of the, the biggest mistakes that any executive can make, which is surrounding themselves with people who think exactly like they do. Exactly. It doesn't That's work. That's a huge tactical error. And that is not a way to run a sustainably healthy business. But that's his business model. Because that is how a person who needs his ego stroked works. Like Bingo. In, in our business, I don't, have, I don't have anyone that shares the same uh, ideas that we have. If we did, it wouldn't work. We have the same goal and the same... Uh, ideas on how we want the company to grow, what we want the company to be, how we want to be a company that that provides positive uh, means and methods for people, giving them the option to make their own decisions. But there are times when we have production meetings and I'll have two directors arguing about how the show should be done. And that's good because out of those arguments come ideas that we can incorporate into a winning project. Yes. That, to me, is really top-quality business leadership. Is, is there a way, or let me rephrase that, is it possible that President Trump is hoping that these little bits of information that he tweets without uh, vetting will, will be ignored when it comes to the bigger and brighter picture that he's helping paint on the other side? Uh, I suppose you could make a case for that. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, I don't live inside his mind, so all I can do is, like the rest of us, conjecture. Uh, but I, I, when you, when you have somebody who tends to be very self-centered, mm -hmm. then they're they're basically in service to whatever their agenda is, and they're not concerned with what's fact or not fact, nor are they concerned with people's opinions about what they're saying, because they're on mission with their own sense of, uh, of what they're trying right. to accomplish. So he, he's just looking at the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ends justify the means, yeah. uh, which, is a, which is a tactic that is fundamentally without integrity. Breaking away from politics, because um, I, I want to talk to you about your motto, making integrity profitable, leadership effective, collaboration productive, happiness sustainable, and society healthy. Mm -hmm. Did that get your attention? <laughs> it did. You know, you always get my attention. You know, like I love getting I love getting your your, your notes for a show because always number one always gets me saying, hmm, how is he going to explain this? Please explain that. <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, I, I have had a massive problem for decades trying to figure out how to name in a soundbite what I stand for, what my mission is, what I do, what I'm, what I'm bringing to the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I needed to find the, the key pieces of the puzzle that I attend to, which have to do with, with ethical business and with effective leadership and with productive collaboration and with sustainable happiness and with helping our cultures around uh, the world, not just in the United States, elevate themselves into uh, into really high functioning cultures for the for a good future. And so I didn't know how to do that except by pairing together uh, a string of these these words Mm -hmm. into a single statement. But that's my mission. That's my mission in a nutshell. All right, let's take this, these words that are put together and, and take them one group at a time. I've got about two minutes before my, my next uh, break. Okay. Making integrity profitable. Right. How do so you do the parent, that? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, how do you do that, doctor? Uh, well, we, what we have to do is we have to transcend mm-hmm. the faulty thinking that has torn apart American society, and I know certain other societies as well, where we have one group that insists that in order to be profitable, you have to be willing to sacrifice personal integrity, personal health and well-being, cherished relationships and social responsibility. And then we have the other group that's equally and oppositely insane, insisting that in order to retain or maintain integrity and life balance and and, uh, personal well-being and health and cherished relationships and social responsibility, you have to be willing to sacrifice financial well-being. Both of these groups are equally and oppositely nuts. So that's why I adopted the phrase making integrity profitable, because you can have both. But that doesn't go with most business models. So how do you how do you get the people who are sitting at that table uh, with the board of directors? How do you get this instilled in them? Because you deal with these people all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I address, among other things, is their faulty happiness formula that they don't even know that that they've bought into hmm. because they think that happiness means more, 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 more. That excessive consumption is the key to happiness. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with consumption, with, with consumerism, with loving things and adventures and stuff that costs money. Nothing wrong with that at all. But when we redefine the pursuit of happiness as that, we're in trouble. We're in trouble if I don't take this final break, so please stand by, my good friend. Exonation, Dr. David Gruder is our special guest. He's an 11-time award-winning leader and cultural psychologist whose impact mission is making integrity profitable, leaders effective, collaboration productive, happiness sustainable, and cultures healthy. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can get your uh, complimentary copy of the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper online with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com.
Dr. David Gruder is our special guest this hour, Exxon Nation. His website is www.drgruder.com. Uh, David, before we went to the break, we were taking apart your your motto, so to speak, which is, uh, or your impact mission, I should say, making integrity profitable. We talked about that, but then there's leaders effective, collaboration productive, happiness sustainable, and cultures happy. Let's talk about leaders effective. That should be a no-brainer, but I'm sure there are, there are leaders out there saying, huh? So right. what can we tell them? Well, we've got, we've got leaders who have been Peter principled into leadership. In other words, you know, the Peter principles yep. that people are promoted to their highest level of incompetence. So we have leaders out there that have entered into leadership roles because people saw potential for them. And they are they were magically expected to know how to lead mm -hmm. because they had the talents that they had that got them into a leadership role. So we have those folks who are missing crucial leadership skills so that they can lead in a good way. Then we have leaders that are leading for self-serving reasons. They're not really pure of motive. They 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 have some pure motives. They want to make a positive difference, but they are living well, here, let me give you the soundbite. Okay. Leaders lead at the level of their self-development limitations despite their highest intentions. So they actually think that they can lead effectively without having worked on themselves. And if they're carrying baggage and trauma and limiting beliefs and all kinds of internal garbage accumulated from mm -hmm. the past, they're not going to lead at the level of their intentions even if they want to. And that's going to bring the company down. It's going to bring the company or the nonprofit or the government down. All right, let's go to the next one because time is a moving, my friend. Yes. Collaboration productive. Right. Well, you know, we are in a society that is locked in a, a um, competition virus, as, uh, as a visionary by the name of Bernie Dorman calls it. Uh, the competition virus is basically, in order for me to have, I have to take from you. If I have, you have less. If, if you have, I have less. And even people who authentically believe in the value of collaboration, where have they actually learned the actual skills that are necessary for collaborating effectively? Very few people, in my experience, have those necessary skills. Almost sounds like a, a criminal with the way they think. If they, if you're rich, I hit you, I take your money. I'm not mm -hmm. doing anything wrong except taking what you have. Yep, you got it. All right. Happiness sustainable. Right. This goes to the issue of the faulty happiness formula that, uh, that got installed in U.S. society initially and mm -hmm. then at that time from there around the world because it happened in the 1950s when the United States' world standing was very, very high. And so other countries and other people in other countries wanted to emulate the United States. Well, the 1950s version of the American dream, which is a fundamentally faulty happiness formula, totally perverts the original happiness formula that is built into the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States of America. One, two, three, four, five groupings of words that 
I say, based on what I'm looking at, it's not only your impact mission, but also a key to success, both at home and at work, as well as contributing to society. You hit the nail on the head, Rob, because my mission as a psychologist Mm -hmm. is strategic, integrated self-development where we are able to be really streamlined in how we do our our self-development so that we become happy in our own skin, uh, loving at home, uh, effective and prosperous at work, and productive and elevating citizens in our society. And it all requires the same self-development, but people don't know that. But looking at these, at at your mission uh, statement, David, it seems that, if you'll excuse the expression, it's a no-brainer. And it and yet, be. and yet, so many people in today's society, whether it's in the the business model, or in uh, their organizational models and their charts, even their home life, many of these little words are missing. Mm-hmm. So how, so, true. so how do you, how do we reinvent the wheel or is reinventing the wheel necessary or can this be done in another way? How would you suggest that a person or a business take a second look at themselves and say, hmm, what's missing? How can I change this? What they, where it starts is with having the courage to take a look at the worldview that we have adopted And to ask ourselves whether that worldview and self-view, view view of ourselves, Mm -hmm. is one that authentically helps us feel the way we most want to feel, act the way we most want to act. And, uh, you know, if if we have a belief system that interferes with our ability to feel how we most want to feel and act the way we most want to act, then our, our paradigm, our belief system is faulty. So it's about having the courage to take a look at that. And most people are terrified to do that mm-hmm. because they think they are their belief system. It reminds me of the song by Michael Jackson, Men in the Mirror. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and once again, this all your, your mission, your impact statement is basically what you're known for, integrity. Because in order to be honest with yourself, in order to make the changes necessary, you have to, first of all, recognize that there's a problem identify that problem, admit the problem is there, and then work on the solution. Right. Clear away the problem state or what is interfering and then develop a solution that is far more compelling than the problem ever was. It's just like uh, members of AA. They get up, they say, hi, my name is Rob and I'm an alcoholic. And everybody says, hi, Rob. Mm -hmm. That's the start. The recognition of the problem. So whether it's in a uh, an AA meeting or whether it's at a board meeting or whether it's at the highest levels of government, the problem has to be identified in order for it to start to be rectified. Am I right? You're totally right. And when we're busy as a society mm-hmm. arguing about the symptoms of the problem rather than identifying the root cause of the problem, we never get anywhere other than gridlock. Um, Your latest online course is The Integrity to Having It All, How You Can Put Your Genius Where Your Dreams Are. Uh, Tell us about this, David, and uh, how people can take the course online. 
Sure. The integrity guide to having it all is the third generation of my integrity material, which I first started developing in the in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. It won two awards back then when my integrity book came out in 2008, the new IQ, how integrity intelligence serves you, your, your relationships in our world. It won six book awards. Wow. The first one won, won two book awards. And now it's time for that third generation of that material. And I'm doing it in the form of an online do-it-yourself course, which I hope to be able to launch at the end of August, beginning of September. If anybody can, you can, my friend. So Thank what, you. What's, what is the next... What is your next goal? What is your next mission? Um, I, I know that you travel all over the all over the world. You're going to be up here in Toronto in October. You and I are going to have a chance to meet. Um, mm-hmm. What else are you doing, David? <laughs> you mean I'm not doing enough? <laughs> well, I, I think, David, you're asking the wrong person if anybody ever does en- enough. But w- what's what's next for you? What's what's next for me is to get my leadership material. Mm-hmm into the higher levels of leadership, into, uh, into federal governments, uh, and uh, to really affect positive change in places like what we were talking about earlier in the show about what's going on in the US Congress and the House of Representatives and the Senate, mm-hmm. to go beyond the United States to do that kind of work as well. That's, that's really part of the larger piece. The other is to create a groundswell from the bottom up Right. Because the top down is only half of the picture. The other is from the bottom up so that people stop, start recovering from the hijacking of their happiness. You know, it sounds like uh, what you're doing here is a lot of sociological psychotherapy, my friend. Well, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It is. Uh, as a recovering psychologist, I can certainly tell you that that's exactly what I am doing. It's one way of conceiving of it is I'm doing societal psychotherapy. What is a recovering psychologist? (laughs) I've never heard that before. (laughs) Well, you know, what I like to say sometimes, I love love my field. I love psychology. I've loved it my whole career. And what I'll say semi-tongue-in-cheek is some of my best friends are not psychologists. Um, you know, a lot of us in psychology went into psychology because we were damaged and wounded and broken ourselves. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is if we don't fix ourselves before we start fixing others. And there are, are unfortunately people in my field who are still broken and they're trying to help others. Thank God there are people in my field who really have it together and are helping others too. And that, my friend, is you having it all together and helping others. David, as always, time goes by so fast when you're here with us. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be with us tonight. And Exxon Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Dr. David Gruder, his website is www.drgruder.com. David, until the next time you and I meet here in the Exxon or elsewhere, take care of yourself, my friend. And once again, thank you for all you do. My pleasure. And thank you for all you do too, Rob. Good night, my friend. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Could family 
family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. 